Hello and welcome back to the Apprentice One to One podcast. It is me, Mark, and today we're going to have a look at how people coming into the electrical industry can maybe get an apprenticeship and employers who are looking towards taking people on as apprentices in the September intake, some information for them and some of the processing things you need to go through and stuff you might need to know. I get asked these questions a lot, especially in the run-up to the start of the new academic year. In September, people coming out of school, people who are trying to get transferred from full-time study into an apprenticeship and employers asking questions about the things they need to know and do as well. So we're going to cover that in the course of this short little podcast. Also going to have a bit of a catch-up around Apprentice One-to-One and some of the things we've been up to over the last few weeks, stuff we've got coming, and some of the stuff that I need to um, put out there in terms of some of the messages I've had coming back across social media about certain things that have been going on. Another bits and pieces, it's just easier to answer it all in a podcast and refer everyone back to that um, going forward because this unfortunately seems to be a common theme. Um, But before we get into all of that, I want to thank the sponsors of Apprentice One to One. They have been immense since we started this journey of trying to set up some physical support in the real world for people on training journeys and also really upping our ante, if you like, in the social media space as well, supporting colleges and individuals directly. None of it would happen without the goodwill of those people and the many, many, many individuals who send in equipment and such that they want to donate on to apprentices. That's one of the best things that's come about through Apprentice One to One. Seeing the kindness of other people come through what we're doing is amazing. We've had some bags sent in, some veto bags. If you go over to my Instagram accounts, that's Apprentice One to One. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, There's four bags that have been sent in, loaded up with some tools. Uh, Three of the bags are used, one's brand new, and they've been provided by a small electrical contractor to pass on to apprentices. Amazing. That stuff happens all the time. But big thanks to the sponsors. So we've got Test Instrument Solutions, who've supported what we've been doing since Apprentice One to One first sprung to life. Absolute legends, those guys, and the equipment is amazing. We use it, we pay for it, and we wouldn't use any other test equipment, basically. Sensational stuff. There's the good people from IMD, which is your Proteus, M2, Centaur, RPP brands, and they are supporting us as well in what we're doing in terms of the academy and going out supporting colleges. We've got some exciting stuff coming alongside them. We go and do some tours, actually, alongside Proteus and Tamlex. If anyone's got an interest in going to see behind the scenes of these factories, how trays manufactured, what goes into making some of these big panel boards, they do put things like that on. I've been to two or three. I think I'm going to the third one on Friday. Um, and they're brilliant. So go and check those guys out. There is the Super Rod and Klein team. And I got to spend some time at CEF Live. I'm going to speak about that through the course of this podcast. Amazing brand. They're well known through industry. The products they have are very helpful for electricians. And they've got a real family vibe to their whole business, which I think is amazing. So massive thanks to Malcolm and Vanessa and everybody at Super Rod and Klein for helping us out. We've got Modex Soft as well, which is Electrical OM. So that's the software that we use in the day job for design and certification. But they're also helping us with bits of content for social media. Spencer's going to come on and do a podcast around design and using their software at apprentice level in the next few weeks. And we're maybe going to do a few other bits and pieces around that as well. So brilliant people who just want to help those be better designers and be able to produce documents more easily that are a lot more accurate than otherwise would have been. There's Napit as well. I'm really proud of this one. So we've got Napit to come on board and support us too. We've got some exciting content to share in and around that. Obviously, they're heavily involved in the training space and the CPS side of things 
is something that training is having to shift towards now with the EAS document changing a few years ago and the requirements to enter into those places. So we've got some stuff coming alongside Napit soon. I'm going to try and get out to some of their road shows. Um, they have their free membership. I've spoke about this before. So if you're an apprentice or someone coming fresh into industry, go and check out the Napit website and you can register yourself for free as a trainee and student whilst you're going through your training and you can get support from the technical helpline there's some access to the publications that they've got in there and other bits and pieces and it's totally free of charge well worth getting yourself on there and one of the newest sponsors we've got coming forward is LK and they make um, lots of different components within the electrical industry but the thing we're focusing on heavily is the MC4 connectors and toolers around them because obviously in the day job our business is transitioning towards solar and renewables and having good solid reliable MC4 connectors is something I've been delving into and through having those conversations the brilliant people at LK want to support what we're doing here at Apprentice One to One as well which is amazing I'm really grateful thank you to all those people one thing I want to cover off first and foremost is the giveaways that have been running on Instagram um, I've had lots of people message me to say there's been spoof accounts or your account's been hacked because they've had messages over DM to say that they've won these giveaways and they just need to provide the contact details, bank details and stuff. None of that is real. It's all just fake phishing scammers on Instagram. If you look at the spellings, they're using the spelling apprentice wrong with too many T's, too many R's and P's. It's just a different um, spelling of Apprentice One to One. The only account we have on Instagram and the only one that would ever contact you through there is Apprentice One to One. The numbers one two one. Anything else is just a scam and a con. And all you can do is report those accounts, report those posts, block those people. As I have done, this has been going on since I first went onto Instagram. It's nothing new. But obviously, as the giveaways get larger, as the following grows, we're nearly at ten thousand um, followers on Instagram now more people become aware of it. And I've had literally hundreds of DMs about these spoof accounts. I think everyone who's liking and sharing those posts legitimately trying to enter is then being targeted by these scammers to try and get your details. So don't fall for that. Make sure you block those accounts, report them. I've done it. The reports come back from Instagram saying that they've looked into it and there's nothing they can do because they haven't broke the terms of their service or whatever it is. So yeah, it's a weird one. They've not pulled them down. I know the ones that went out on Twitter and LinkedIn, there was a couple on there as well. Those accounts got brought down pretty rapidly. So it's one of those things. Just keep your eye on it. Don't fall for it. If you see any um, Apprentice One-to-One -one account messaging you, check the spelling. Go and check onto the profile and make sure it is actually the people you think it is. And when I announce any winners for the giveaways, they will be done on post direct on that page not over private DMs, just to put that one out there. So yeah, watch out for it. And also I've had a similar amount of people message me saying that there's loads of get your GIB gold cards for X amount of money and bypass any of the training using my image and thumbnail from the YouTube videos I've done um, on my pride of the GIB gold card, which is annoying. And it won't stop me doing those videos and posts because people are ripping off the images from them. Um, yeah, again, nothing to do with me, nothing I can really do about it. These things have gone on for a long, 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 long time. And now they're spamming most of the electricians' Facebook groups, it seems, trying to um, entice people into an easier way of getting a gold card. Using mine and other people's images, it's not just me. Um, and yeah, don't fall for it. You cannot get a gold card through those routes, even if you wanted one. They may send you some, some card. I don't know quite how it works. I imagine you'll send, get sent nothing whatsoever and they'll just take your money <clears throat> and then block you. But even if you did 
get a physical card as soon as you look at the ECS checker. There's an app for this. Those cards would be shown as fake and fraudulent and you wouldn't get access to site. It would just be a piece of plastic. People often criticise the JIB card as been just that. But ironically, these fake cards are exactly that. Um, so they're a total waste of money. They're a total scam. You're just going to get done over. Don't fall for it again. Report the posts. Block the people. Report them to the admins of those groups and get them removed, essentially. It does just keep repeating. They come into the Apprentice one-to-one group on Facebook. I think Dan and Matt now have got a community of a couple of thousand of people in there. And we see the posts coming in daily and the moderators looking after that space. Um, they remove those really quickly so they're not sticking around. But it is um, extra admin everyone could do without. Obviously, people fall for this stuff. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it. That's what I always think. Somebody's been taken in and they've got some money out of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep repeating um, the exercise. So, yeah, just be aware of that. Nothing to do with me. You can't get a JB Gold card on the free and easy. Well, it's not free. You have to put the work in and go through the process. And I know that's really difficult when there isn't enough apprenticeship jobs and there isn't enough employers looking to take people on who have gone down the retrainee route. We spoke about all this before, the overselling of those full-time courses by training providers um, and the lack of interest in employers of people who've gone down that route. It's a difficult nut to crack is that one. So I get the temptation when you see these posts come up, but do understand and recognize it's cheating, it's fake, and it will not work. So that's the coverage on, on that. I think I've, I've head that off and I'll refer anyone to this podcast now who's messaging me about it because it's taking up a lot of time filtering through the important messages that come through. I really am grateful to people who are making me aware of that. Uh, it's coming from a good place and the first few was helpful, but obviously as that volume builds, it becomes a difficult task keeping on top of it myself. So yes, I'm aware and um, doing all I can if you could help out by reporting and blocking those accounts as well. That would be awesome. Speaking of the giveaways, though, if you do want to enter, I mentioned about the bags we've got over on Instagram running. There's another giveaway as well, which ties in with my efforts at CEF Live. And as soon as we get to 10,000 followers on Instagram, I'm going to draw the winners to that. I think we're about 100 people away now. We're getting closer every day. Um, And that has a load of stuff in. So there's some of the Wiring Regs books that Darren Staniforth and CEF provided to us when I went to CEF Live. They sent some tech cards and the squishy little books as well, which are amazing. A couple of hundred each of those. And I'm going to be passing them out to people coming through the space here and those who are encountering in the real world on some of the college drops. We've got some more of those coming in a number of weeks as well. Um, Super Rod provided, you can see it in the background there if it's in camera, but a, a bag and rod set. We've already got the rod sets, so we're giving that away. Um, they provided that to me as a thank you for standing on their stand helping out on CEF Live. I'm not sure if I was such a help and more maybe a hindrance, but I really enjoyed it. Um, so there's the bags as well and some bits and pieces from TIS. Go and check out the Instagram account. It's all on there. The giveaway is running on Twitter as well. So if you follow me on Twitter, electrician247 underscore 247, you can see the giveaway on there. But yeah, going back to CEF Live, that was a fantastic event over two days. I think... It's one of the best electrical trade shows I've ever seen. They must have invested so much time and money into that. Um, But it came out brilliantly. The vibe around the place was amazing. Uh, Everyone who was attending, the exhibitors, the CEF staff themselves. It was just a really nice environment to be in, meet new people and see all of the exciting stuff we've got throughout industry um, for us to install and, and use installing it essentially. 
Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I spent a couple of hours on the Superrod stand, met loads of people who I know watch these podcasts and follow along on the Apprentice one-to-one social medias in the real world. It was nice to um, meet those people and see that some of the stuff I've been doing has been helpful. There was a couple of people who came up to me through the course of that show who'd attained their goal cards and been through training from the start of COVID to coming out and we'd help link them up with employment. It was really nice to meet those people. Um, a young guy who follows along with Apprentice One to One right at the end came and grabbed me and Rick and he'd won a PS5. A guy in the car park, he'd won a Switch. So on the way out, someone wound the window down and pulled up to say hello. And yeah, he'd won a, in an, in, a Nintendo Switch. So it was a... Uh, a proper good event. There was loads of little uh, competitions you could enter. I think some of the stands had beer pumps on. I missed those while I was there. Stink clock it, but some of the people talking about it after the fact on Twitter um, was mentioning the beer pumps. So a bit gutted that I missed that. And yeah, just a, a real positive feel. There was a few of the influencers there, if you like, such down-to-earth normal people as well, spending a lot of time around everyone it was just a nice electrical community it seems like that's the case online and offline at the minute a lot of the the negativity and some of the trade bashing um and more more negative angles of discussion all seem to have evaporated now or certainly disappeared from the social media scene and it was you know replicated at that event as well it did seem to be uh, more positive than negative, I guess, is the, the words I'm trying to come with. Massive congratulations to IMD. They came runners-up with their stand in that show, which, considering the amount of money Wago had sunk into their stand, and they actually won that award, um, I think that's a pretty good achievement. Wago, Vago, however you say it. They had a posh coffee shop on top of theirs and must have sunk some right money into it, so they were always going to win. But the team at IMD put on a great marketing campaign and the stand was brilliant. They were really engaging with lots of people coming through as well. I enjoyed spending a bit of time having a look through their equipment on there. So that was really, really nice. And um, yeah, to talk about the the CPD that's come in before we get into the actual topic of discussion here, which I haven't forgotten in the waffling along with all of this to do with employing apprentices and getting into industry yourselves. But we've got some CPD coming. Craig's working on that right now to do with the wiring regs. We're going to run it through summer in, we think, a webinar format. Um, and it's going to be a little bit different to some of the other training that's out there. We're going to look at actual scenarios pick our way through them and then link that back into the regulations rather than teaching you how to pass multiple choice exams, reading the regs cover to cover, being able to recite regulation numbers. That's not what this is about. It's understanding the application and the intent of the regs and transferring that over into the real world because that's what proper electrical engineering is. And Craig's putting that together. I think it's going to be brilliant. And hopefully we can start on that soon. We've also got the design series of podcasts that are running through this um, podcast at the minute we're going to come back with Richard and Craig with some scenarios on that as well and really try and delve into some aspects of electrical design more focused on the topic of discussion rather than just waffling about design and I know there's been the design units for people who are on their apprenticeships the other week Nathan did his I've seen some of the posts on social media of people celebrating their successes in that so it feels like a relevant thing for apprentices as well as their employers and I know both parts of the, that equation listen to these podcasts so we're trying to make content that's relevant to the trainees and apprentices but also to the people who are hiring and employing them so there's a bit of value there from both sides of that space so getting back to just that 
as it is stepping towards the start of a new ac- academic year, we're kind of closing off the school year now and the, lots of people will be leaving or have left to start their exams and they're going to be looking towards getting into industry and employers are going to be looking towards recruiting them, not in the numbers that we need, but it is still happening. And there's a few bits and pieces that both parts of that need to be aware of. So we'll start with the employers. Um, and a lot of the questions I get asked around this are to do with you know, what what are the requirements of an employer in taking on an apprentice? What do we actually have to do? Um, And the the fundamental principles of it are quite simple. So you have to provide 30 hours of paid employment per week. And part of that paid employment includes the day release to college. So you have to pay for that time for the apprentice to go to college for their um, theoretical, if you like, side of the training. And they also have to be employed on a contract that pays the minimum wage for their specific age. Now, a first-year apprentice, regardless of age, I think I'm right in saying this, can be paid the apprenticeship wage, which is £5.28 per hour. And if you are um, outside of your first year of your apprenticeship, that would then go to your age. So if you're um, 23 and over, for example, I've got the website here now, it's £10.42 per hour. But if you're under 18, it's £5.28 per hour. 18 to 20, it's £7.49 an hour. So those rates will vary depending on your age. And it says here, apprentices are entitled to the apprentice rate if they're either aged under 19 or aged 19 or over and in their first year of the apprenticeship. So lots of employers will take school leavers on because they can pay that lower apprenticeship rate for longer. And I guess the trade-off with that is a lot of those people maybe won't be as productive out in the workplace as older people who you could maybe get a bit more out of in terms of productivity and adding cash generation to your business. Because essentially that's what it's about. You can't you know, bankrupt your business by overpaying more than you can afford. So it is a difficult balance and there has to be buy-in from those entering industry as students and the employers as well who've got their businesses set up in a way that gets the maximum value from apprenticeship training is a crucial aspect to it. So that's often one of the biggest questions, the amount you've got to pay. There is the Government National Minimum Wage website. I'll drop a link in the show notes and description of this so you can go off and look at it. But essentially, people coming out of school, you're looking at £5.28 an hour and you have to pay them at least 30 hours a week and you have to include time at college out of that as part of your payment. Now, there are some grants as well And the government grants have been scaled back massively since the times of COVID. There was a period where you could get about £4,000 for taking on an apprentice. Lots of that has now gone. There is a £1,000 payment that you can get if you hire somebody who is aged between 16 to 18. They can be older than that if they've got a special training requirement. I'm not sure on the terminology. I've got the page open here, actually. So we'll have a look while I'm talking. Um, But yeah, you can get £1,000 support for your apprentice in the workplace if they are 16 to 18 or 19 to 25 with an education, health and care plan, and 19 to 25-year-olds that used to be in care. So you can get that. It's paid in two equal instalments, one at 90 days of employment and one at 365 days of employment in the apprenticeship, and that is it. So you will be able to claim that if you're taking on a school leaver. And the idea is it supports some of the initial costs towards doing that to help the apprentice. So you might provide them with some tools, workwear, whatever, maybe some extra training. Um, You can spend that as you see fit alongside them. So that's um, a small token gesture. There are also some grants available at a local level, so it's well worth checking out with your local authority. 
Lots of them do have schemes running to encourage apprentice employment. If you're in an enterprise zone as well, it's different. So contact your local authority, get on their website and have a look and see if they've got any funding or grant schemes for recruitment of apprentices. There are some private companies as well. I know there's one around here that does this. They're an accountancy firm and they will support local employers in the construction industry for taking on apprentices to the tune of about £50 a week. Um, which helps cover some of the salary of the apprentices as well. And they do that for the first couple of years. I guess they get the payback because the employers tend to use them as their accountancy provider. And in the end, the people who come in through training end up in industry as perhaps paying customers as well. So there's a bit of goodwill supporting the local community from successful large companies like this local accountancy firm. And also they generate in future business for themselves. So it's a nice circle um that helps people in all ways i support things like that i think that's fantastic but not much from the government side there is also some costs you have to pay in terms of the training as well sometimes this isn't well known um it varies based on if you pay the apprenticeship levy fund or not most small employers won't pay that we don't um, but you do still have to contribute towards the cost of your apprenticeships training it's five percent of the course fees which typically boils down to about 900 to a thousand pounds i think paid over three years to the training provider i think we get invoiced about 300 quid a year per student we've got going through apprenticeships um so that's one to bear in mind as well it's a marginal minimal cost but it is another cost so be aware of it the training provider who you are approaching to deliver the training in, in college should be able to help you with that we'll speak a bit about that in a minute but just to put that out there too and that's kind of it you can go down the route of trying to find an apprentice yourself so you can do advertising for people to send in cvs and all such things like that or you could approach the local college they'll often have students who've already approached them looking for an apprenticeship so they'll have a good group of people in there who they can put forward to interview with you and then there's external providers like JTL as well that have um, students coming direct to them or can advertise your job roles and help with the recruitment. There's mixed feedback on all of that. My preferred method is to keep things in-house, do all of your own advertising, recruit your own apprentice, you get exactly the person you, you want to employ then and then approach the training providers. I think a lot of the colleges get filled up with students who would take in places that don't have employers. That seems to be the big breakdown when you're looking at this through apprentice one-to-one eyes. Um, so it is tricky and I guess from the school leavers point of view your first point of direction might be towards those training providers so I understand why that happens um, but yeah just looking at it from the employer's point of view there are different options be aware of them if you want to look after recruitment yourself you can do that or if you want to approach an external provider like a college or JTL those options exist as well um, and then the process goes towards the, the training provider depending on which one you've used so i'll speak about how we do it so we would approach the training provider with our apprentice we'd go in and sit down with the training provider and we all sign the apprenticeship contract so there has to be buy-in from the student the training provider and the employer we all agreed certain things essentially our side of it is to do with the amount of work they're going to have and the payment for that work and also that we are understanding the varied areas of industry they need experience to and the impact on us providing training to them out on site. So we are responsible for that and we all sign up to understand that we agree with it. They'll want to see evidence of your insurance, appropriate PPE and then systems are set in place where they'll come out and do site assessments, have regular discussions with the training provider or at least you should to see how they're progressing in college and at work. So is that 
bubble, if you like. And then at the end, when it's all finished, everyone agrees that the apprentice has met the required training, they've completed their theoretical exams, and they get put forward as a collective effort by the same people at the end for their AM2, once the MVQ is complete. So that's kind of the process. The apprenticeship standard is changing. I don't know if many training providers are offering the new standard off the bat in September, but it's moving from a four-year program to a four-and-a-half-year program. So it does take a little bit longer now in terms of getting finished, and that's just due to the additions that have come into that standard. So we've got bits around solar PV, battery storage, electric vehicles. Industry is widening, and we're trying to give people that base camp qualification. You know, your apprenticeship doesn't say you're an electrician who can do absolutely everything but when you come out the other end you should be someone who can pitch up to any area of industry and with a bit of additional training and support be able to pick it up and enter into it and then build on your knowledge and experience through mentoring and additional training so it's that base camp qualification it's really important to understand that you're not finished when you've got through your apprenticeship it is just the start and an exciting start it is as well we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but we're going to move on now to speak about if you are entering industry as a trainee. I appreciate this podcast. It's just me waffling away, but there's a lot of information to get out there that I want to refer people back to that they might find helpful. So apologies that it's not the usual podcast content, but it is for a purpose. So bear with me. Um, so if you are coming out of school and you're looking to get into the electrical industry, I've made a very, very short video that I will drop at the end of this podcast as well to run through it. But we will speak about those things here as well. But the shorter form thing, if you want to skip right to the end, it is all in that little segment. Um, So my first suggestion would be to use all of the basic resources that are out there in your local area. So hit the job boards up on the uh, internet. So there's Indeed, the government website. Put a radius in that you're happy to travel. If you drive already and got your driving license done, that's going to be helpful to you as well. And make sure... um, that you're happy to travel those distances. There's no point looking for an employer outside of where you're willing to to work. Essentially, don't waste people's time um, doing things like that. So have a look online, cover those basics off, and see what is available. Also, make sure you've got a CV in place. So if you've not done one before, um, your school should really have helped you prepare for that before you were leaving. But if they haven't, speak with your parents, family, friends, have them take you through doing a CV the first time. It can seem a little confusing and you're not quite sure what to put in there. There's some really good templates online. Even Microsoft Word has some templates built in. And just the basics around your contact details, um, your qualifications, your interests, things that you may have done that you think aren't relevant. So if you've been volunteering for St. John's Ambulance or something, or you're part of an athletics club, or you've done a paper round your whole teenage years, or whatever it may be, Put it all in there. Anything to you know set yourself apart from someone else is you know you should be doing that. So have a CV in place, and then start looking towards um, the JTL things we discussed in terms of employers. So as I said, they do have pools of employers going to them. So you can go on the JTL website, search around the job roles again in your area, get in touch with the local training providers, and see if they've got any employers. Lots of them will have open days where you can go in, have a look around. They'll have a network of employers already that they work with and they'll be able to try and link you up or at least give you an opportunity to submit your CV to them. Um, So there's that option. And also make sure that you are going on to the NIC and NAPIT websites and again search in your local postcode area for the electrical contractors. Get the contact details of those companies and start hitting the phone up and calling them to see if they've got any apprenticeship positions. You want to try and speak to someone on the phone. I know it can be daunting as a young person to do that, 
but that's the kind of thing that sets you apart and gives you a better prospect of a successful outcome. And it may be that they're not recruiting right now, but you never know in a couple of months they might be. And the fact you picked up the phone and was proactive will stick in their mind far better than just dumping a generic CV into their email inbox. So you still do those things as well. You you can still send an email off and try and reach the person responsible for hiring in those companies, attach your CV, make it bespoke though. Make sure you're actually pitching it individually to each employer. Don't just send out the same bump to every single one and expect a a response. You have to put that effort in. Um, So make sure you're doing that. And um, yeah, again, get onto the social media platforms as well. Look on the Facebook pages of the local contractors. Get onto Instagram. Try and interact on some of their posts. Uh, You could say, like, this is a really interesting job. What was the purpose of it? Enter into discussion with people. And then you can build a rapport and perhaps start chatting how you're looking for an apprenticeship. Again, they may not be hiring themselves, but electricians are often aware of other contractors in their local area and they might be able to link you up with someone that is. Um, And also the wholesale network. Do not forget the wholesalers. That's one of the best things you can do. Get some printed off CVs. Go around the big nationals and also the smaller independents. Speak to the guys behind the counter. Explain your circumstances, that you're looking to come into industry, that you're really keen to find a job. You're having a bit of trouble if they can help point you in the right direction of someone who's hiring or keep a CV behind the counter for anyone who they hear in branch who may be looking for apprentices this year. And they'll pass those out for you. They're generally really helpful They want to help people into industry um, as much as you want to get into industry. So don't be afraid of having those conversations and get yourself in and amongst the wholesalers too. They are a helpful bunch of guys and girls. So something else you can do is start up an Instagram or Facebook account, any platform you like that's dedicated to your electrical work. And it may seem that you've not got anything to put in there as a school leaver, but just get it created. If you can, get yourself a small set of hand tools and um, see if you can get some work experience somewhere. Anything that might be relevant to the electrical industry and share pictures uh, on your profiles and explain your interest in industry. It could even be to do with watching a bit of content on YouTube or reading the wiring regulations, whatever it is. Um, a bit of something that you've done with friends or family in construction environments and share those posts um, and see if you can kind of build up that platform as well because you can link that onto your CV when you're applying for jobs. Employers are looking more for attitude than qualifications, certainly with school leavers. Attitude is everything and much of everything else can be taught but we need people who are really interested and engaged in qualifying as electricians. It's difficult for employers. You know, we often have people drop out through the course of training or it doesn't work out due to poor attitude and the most qualified person in the world can end up in that position. So it is really important that you, you know, you follow through on that as well. And if you're showing that dedication and interest, you've got to really want it, have that desire um, to see it through because it is very, very difficult. There is lots and lots of people in the same position as you. I can't emphasize that enough. And there isn't enough jobs to go around. So if you want to get one of those, you have to set yourself apart um, and make those conversations yourself. I know lots of parents messaging on behalf of their kids because they're not on some of these social media platforms. So I get it. They are just trying to help them. But there are um, times where you've got to start stepping up yourself. So if you are a parent in that position, I would encourage your kids to make those calls to the employers, send those emails themselves, get interactive on social media and don't do it on their behalf it comes from a good place i realize but very often it doesn't lead to a successful outcome you've got to really push and 
get them involved in the discussion. I get that it's daunting and scary for a young person. And I've been in those shoes myself in the past. Um, so I'm not preaching away, telling you what you should or shouldn't do. I'm just giving you the best advice I can think of to get yourself a job in industry. And again, there'll be the shorter video at the end of this where you can go back um, and, and refer to that should you um, wish. And there are also some different types of apprenticeship standards now. So if you're looking at industry and wanting to focus in as a domestic electrician is the title of that apprenticeship standard. It is for me more of a renewables apprenticeship. It's focused in on EV charge points, solar PV, battery storage, but it does also allow you to work at a single phase level in a domestic um, premises. It is not the equivalent of an electrical installation and maintenance apprenticeship standard, which is the main one that lots of apprentices will go down. I guess you could call that the kind of full scope because that does also incorporate PV and EV, but not in as much detail. Now that comes into its own because there are lots of domestic installers who don't have the wide range of work options for people to complete the traditional electrical installation and maintenance standard, typically missing off stuff to do with steel containment, steel wire armor, cabling maybe. You know, if you get into rewiring house after house after house or fitting solar PV systems, just EV charge points, it's difficult to get the full range and scope of work you need. Um, and it gives these people an opportunity to employ apprentices and people who want to work in those areas of industry, you know, a route to qualification. So it's well worth checking those out. It's a new course that's just coming into industry. Not many training providers are offering it at the minute, but it should start to grow this September. So if that is something that you're interested in, or there's a local employer who said, I can't really take you on because if we're going to be truthful about you know, the type of work we can offer you, we can't fulfill the electrical installation and maintenance apprenticeship standard. This is something that they need to be aware of. So consider that one. Likewise, if you're an employer and you've thought about taking on an apprentice before, but thought you, you, know, you don't tick all of the boxes in terms of everything that's needed for the types of um, work that people are going to need to demonstrate and be involved in out on site, that is a new apprenticeship standard for you to look at. Um, and again, the traditional one, it's all encompassing. So if you get with an employer like myself and where we cover most work areas, you know, we can provide access to um, sites that cover off the whole range of a traditional apprenticeship, if you like. Um, so yeah, that the, those options as well. So it's um it's it varies based on the learner and the employer. Obviously, as an employer, you can only offer the apprenticeship you can offer based on the type of work you do. That's not going to change. But as a learner, you've got a choice now. So that choice is there for you to make. And industry are working on some bridging units where you can take your domestic electrician apprenticeship standard and build it towards the traditional one by filling in those units you might have missed. You will still need to evidence that in some sort of um, portfolio and maybe an additional um, AM2 type assessment as well to help with that bridging. It's still been formulated and finished off in terms of that, but that route is going to exist. So you could go down and do your three years domestic electrician apprenticeship and then maybe spend another year doing the theoretical bridging units and putting a little portfolio together to transfer across into a full scope electrician if you move employers later on. I think it's really important that that exists, but it's equally important that the gatekeeping on that is tight and it's not just a two-day course um, to get from the domestic electrician to full scope when you've missed a um, big part of the, the training out between one and the other on those two routes. So that is really important. And I know industry are working very hard to make sure that that doesn't happen and it stays um, watertight. So the other thing to say is as well, in terms of your apprenticeship and how that's delivered, we mentioned going to college usually for one day a week. 
So you would have four days a week with your employer. So you're out on site with them. Much of what you will learn in terms of being an electrician, you will learn with your employer. That's what apprenticeships are for. They are built by employers. We deliver lots of the training. That's why the wages are lower because you are not as a productive member of staff as someone who is already qualified. So there's a bit of a a financial benefit for the employers there to pay a little bit less than normal whilst they're inputting that training into you you're getting the value from that training you're still being paid to learn at the end of the day you don't get paid to go into a levels or go to university so as much as it's not um the the wage that friends might be earning working in a supermarket or mcdonald's at the end of that process you know your career prospects are limitless really so it's worthwhile going through that process and you have to understand that the employers have a financial burden beyond just your salary payment. There is all of the additional training costs, there's the tax implications, there's the workwear PPE travel, all the things that are needed to provide a safe working environment to you for you to learn and train. So there is buy-in from both angles of that discussion. And it's important you understand that because I do get lots of messages again from apprentices who are in the second and third years saying, I'm only earning X, Y, Z, I think I should be paid loads more, blah, blah, blah. There, it is... That understanding that it takes that time and once you've got through your training at the minute then you know, the career prospects for electricians are brilliant we're among probably one of the most secure areas of employment out there with all of the growth around electrification of railways and homes of the uk it's where everything's going solar pv battery storage electric vehicles whatever our thoughts around the environmental pros and cons of all of that that's the direction of travel and you will be able to have a much better chance of getting good well-paid employment than most of the vocations I would say over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So it's exciting times. It's one of those where it can feel like three or four years is a long, 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 long time to be on a lower wage than some of your friends and peers might be. But trust me, as someone who's 42 years old now, it's the blink of an eye. Apprentice one-to-one started in 2020. That's nearly a whole apprenticeship training period away now, and it feels like five minutes. So it's really not that long. You've just got to um, push through it, get the best out of it you can, uh, and be grateful for the opportunity you've had to be an apprentice because there's lots and lots of people out there who would bite your arm off to replace you, trust me. Um, you are one of the lucky ones if you get in that position. So don't waste it and um, dwell too much on the slightly lower rates of pay. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think we've kind of we've kind of covered that off. As I said, we'll pop a little link in um, to the little short video I mentioned to do with um, coming into industry and the things you can do to set yourself apart and try and get an apprenticeship. Uh, if there is anything else we can produce in terms of content that might be helpful, please do let me know. Um, as I say, as employers, you do need to be aware of your requirement on site to deliver the training. It is one of the things that gets brushed under the carpet and lots of training providers try to overstep their remit in delivering every single aspect of training in a college environment. I think there should be more of a separation there personally where you know, most of the practical aspect of training is done out on site and through physical in-person assessment alongside the college and perhaps they focus in a little bit more on the theory side of things in a training environment. Because I, I know they are lacking in equipment in lots of these places I go and visit. And some of the, the bays and such are not in the best condition. And most of what they're trying to do on limited resources, you know, isn't maybe 
perhaps the best anyway. So it, it is tricky, but I think if we're taking employers on legitimately through the apprenticeship agreement that I mentioned right at the outset, and they are able to offer that varied um, nature of work exposure, and we can get assessors out to see apprentices on site doing this kind of stuff, the best way they're going to learn is alongside practicing electricians out on site for the practical side of things. I think that would simplify the whole training process um, and really help some of those training providers with their costs and overheads as well. So just an idea to flow out there. But you will be getting a bit of practical training on your day release to college and also out on site. That's how it works at the minute. It's not just all classroom based while you are in the college environment. So just to be aware of it. And best of luck to you if you are coming into industry. Any jobs that I see... I'll be in the Apprentice One to One Facebook group. Dan and Matt are in there sharing other bits of job roles as well. They're absolutely brilliant. I don't know how Facebook works. I'm terrible at Facebook. I created that page because I was told it would be a helpful resource for people in the Apprentice One to One community. And other than putting the initial logos and um, setting up the space, that's kind of been my my limit to it. Sharing the odd job role in there. Um, you'll primarily find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, and if you want to follow along for the jobs that get shared on there, please do so. Um, thanks to everyone who watched the Shavin, and I think I'm saying that wrong. I'll learn how to pronounce it one day, podcast around power quality. I've had some really nice feedback on that from lots of people from practicing qualified electricians to apprentices. I didn't realize it was going to be so popular, and we've got some other ideas around um, content like that um, in the coming weeks and months as well. I learnt loads speaking with Kevin, myself, and I think it's one of those where it was a, a bit of content that blew up in a way I wasn't expecting, to be honest. So thank you again to Kevin from Shavinana for coming on to talk about power quality. And thank you to the audience for all of the lovely feedback. I really appreciate it. If you've got any questions or comments in and around this podcast, please do drop them in below. I will do my very best to help. Good luck in your efforts to find employment and good luck in your efforts to find employees. Until the next time, I'll see you then. What are the things you can do as an apprentice or trainee to find a job in the electrical industry? Well, there are quite a few and I'm gonna run through the options for you in this short video. First and foremost is to use the resources that are out there from government and industry. So there is an apprenticeship search tool on the government website to look for job roles and also the awesome electrical careers website that TESPA put together. There's loads of resources on that website that explain the various routes into industry and there are a few and also ways that you can go about finding a job role. Outside of that, one of the best tips I can give anyone who is looking for work in the electrical industry as an apprentice or a trainee is to get into the wholesalers. So go and speak to the people behind the counter, ask them if they know of any employers who will recruit in. If they will, take a CV in from you, leave one with them to perhaps pass out to somebody who they come across who maybe is looking to hire. It's well worth doing and don't limit it's just for the big nationals or one or two, get around all of them. The other thing to do is to use the search tools on the CPS providers websites. You can go in, buy a postcode and search for all of the local contractors with the NIC and NAPIT and it will output you a list of people in that area. You can then get in contact with those people and see if they have any job roles available. It's always better to pick up the phone and call them. If nobody's available, you can send an email or a message and see if you can get to speak to the person who makes the decisions on recruitment. So another thing you can do is to be present on social media if you've not made accounts for yourself on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, get a profile or two set up 
in one or two of those places start to network with electricians and people in industry on there if you've got examples of some work you've done or some bits and pieces from a training center or college share them and show an interest in what you're approaching to train as it goes a long way and employers do look at those social media profiles so keep it current and get involved in the chat online so another thing you can do is to create and personalize a cv and cover letter don't just spam every single employer with the same document tweak it and change it based on the job role that you're applying for it shows effort and employers do notice if you've not done something like that before if you're a school leaver for example reach out to your friends and family there are templates online even microsoft word has a load of templates for cvs really simple to structure cover your qualifications your contact details your hobbies and interests and things that you've done in the past however small you might think they are get them listed on there so don't forget the basics and covering off the job boards from indeed and such get online search around all of them don't forget to tweak your search terms as well from electrical apprentice to trainee electrician expand and reduce your area that you're willing to travel for work as well see what comes up cover those areas off along with everything else so be proactive get yourself out there don't be afraid of picking up the phone and speaking to people i know it can be a little bit intimidating as a school leaver but it's well worth making the effort yourself it goes a long way in setting yourself apart from other people taking that same journey as yourself best of luck and if i can help drop a message over or comment on this video